Hi everyone, uh, welcome to DragonCast. I think I'm getting that right. We switched our name a little bit from DragonCast to the Drexel Basketball Podcast. Um, I'm Nate, we got Bill, Anthony's joining us, and then very honored and lucky to have uh, Coach Amy Mallon with us, the head coach of the Drexel Women's Basketball Program. So Coach Mallon, thanks for taking the time out and welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm re really excited to um, have this opportunity with you guys tonight. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I guess for me, listening to podcasts, I always, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to one. It basically, it takes me about five to 10 minutes to decide if I like it or not. And I use the example of Penn State football podcasts or a couple, somebody said, um, too much. And I'm like, I don't like this one. There's another <laughs> one that it was like two brothers kind of bickering back and forth. I'm like, I'm not a fan. Um, so people may be tuning in and like, so within that first five minutes, they're, they may only hear this part. So I wanted to start out with coach um, if, if you're a student, a fan, alumni, you live in Philadelphia or anywhere, um, why would you tell them to come to a Drexel basketball game? I think Drexel basketball has um, something unique and special. And I think if you've seen our teams play, there's um, you know, like when you think about teams in, the, in Philly, I think we have like a unique style and what we do and how we play and just the connections. I think if you watched our team Last year, I had so many people say to me, I just loved watching your team play. Like I root for you guys, no matter what, win or, win or lose. And there's just something about the way we play and the connection we have. And I do think, um, especially now with the renovations we've made in the, the deck and the investment the school's made into the deck, I'm really excited about how the those home court games are going to be this season. So I think that's another reason. I think there's going to be great energy um, with the upcoming renovations that everyone's going to get a chance to see this season. As well, so I, I, sometimes I get tired. Of, I mean, you guys have been good crowds, but I get tired of feeling like I have to like sell, you know, the women's program. And, and it's not that we have, you know, you, again, crowds are better, but I mean, I, so I was a freshman, you know, 2002 to 2003, you started at Drexel in 2004. So all I know is, you know, yourself and then, you know, coach Dylan prior to that. And it has been wonderful following your program. Um, you know, I'm watching one Philadelphia team in a playoff, you know, the Phillies, you said you're going down tomorrow night. Um, not seeing that very often, but you were, your program is one of the few kind of constants that we had that we could root for. So, um, so thank you for that, you know, and being sustained success. We don't have that much. Well, I appreciate it. That, that was something, um, with my start at Drexel, you know, one thing I talked about with, uh, you know, Denise, when we started working there together and, um, we really thought we could get something done there. And I think that was, you know, it was a lot of work, um, that we, that we put down, but in the foundation, but I really think that th that's, you know, when you mentioned what kind of team do you want people to come out? See, I think people root for us. You know, I think you see a player like Hannah Nihil last year and you watch your career and you watch her play and she's like, she's just like what Philly's about, you know, that grit, the way she plays, um, and I do think we've been able to, you know, find our niche, especially with local players and and find those kids that local. And like you said, I, I'd love to see more people at, be out the games. I'm hoping that um, as, as we are able to get more uh, exposure, media attention, I think it really I think we're an exciting team to see. You know, you watch our players play. And I think it's um, something that if you're in Philly and you get a chance to come out to a game, you know, we, we continue because I think we have proven to be successful. And, and that's something I'm hoping we'll continue to prove um, moving forward. And now we've, we've heard about it, but, you know, tell us a little bit about the re renovations and, and things that'll be new this year. Well, you know, the hot topic is the video board, you know, which just allows that inter interaction with um, you know, the fans, with the students that are there. Um, I think it gives a little more entertainment during the games in the sense of keeping them, um, you know, entertained in a, in a different kind of way. And, and we've been able to be in other arenas where they have that. And you've been to professional games and you're going to see a lot of that type of action, whether it's the camp, you know, with like contests and things going on, but I think it's going to bring a lot more energy and excitement. And I think it's deserving for our student athletes too, to be able to have that type of atmosphere, you know, to play. And I think it's going to definitely attract more attention. You know, we want that, um, the DAC, we want it to be, you know, the heart of campus. We want it to be a place when there's a game, you know, whether it's on the, um, the men's side or the women's side or whatever's going on there that, you know, all the students, um, are, they know about it and they want to be there. And I think this video board and the sound system and the lights, they're all different. It's actually going to bring a lot more excitement to the games. Yeah, no, we're, we're looking forward to going down. I may not make it on the 10th, um, which by the way, and you guys, I don't know if you, I don't know if Dan teases me about the promotions, but you know, free tickets for veterans, I think the Thursday night and Friday night and drexeldragons.com look around where the promotional schedule is up. Lots of good stuff going for that too. So 
um, lots of good reasons to come down to the DAC this year. So yeah, we'd love to see everybody out. I think there's lots of promotions going on that we're excited about. Coach, I, I'm always a big fan of, you know, learning about people. That's what got me into podcasts. So, um, so I, um, if you mind taking us back, you know, where are you from originally? I think I saw you played in Maryland, um, but where are you from and where you grew up and that sort of thing? Um, I'm from Ellicott City, Maryland, which is right between Baltimore and Washington. So it's, um, you know, my my dad had a business in Baltimore, so I grew up going to the Baltimore Orioles games. You know, so a lot of people will say, hey, they're my American League team and the Phillies are my National League team because my grandfather is a big Phillies fan. But, um, you know, I spent over my family lived there over 30 years and then, my, and then my parents retired to Hanover, Pennsylvania. So a lot of my time spent in Maryland um, where I played at Mount Hebron High School, which we had a great program. We won state title like three years in a row undefeated my senior year. So um, I just was really fortunate to have great coaches in high school that really inspired me to um, believe I could play at the next level. And, um, you know, I'm still in touch with them now, which is really the cool part about when you get into this profession and you keep going. Um, I, there were three coaches um, that are all, two of them are still coaching, but one retired. And, you know, when we go to Charleston, my high school coach is there, he comes to the games and he still watches games and gives me feedback. Um, and, and he's right on too. I said, you know, there's a reason why I learned so much from you and my other um, who were assistants, they're down coaching in, in the Maryland area. And one um, has some of the top ranked recruits in the nation, you know, at McDonough high school. And so I'm just really lucky. I have three guys that just really, um, when you talk about did it for the right reasons, really developed you and really made you believe, you know, they told you the truth, which was the best part when you weren't working hard enough, they pretty much told you. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me having them as coaches, because I realized um, I could maybe, you know, earn a scholarship and play at the next level. And that, and that did work out for me. I went on to Richmond, uh, the university of Richmond and um, had a great experience there, you know, was on two CAA title teams. We won tournament my sophomore, junior year. Um, the first for the school. And it was, it was really, really exciting to be part of that. And then on to St. Joe's. So, you know, I transferred to St. Joe's. I followed my coach that went there. Um, and now, you know, people wouldn't blink, you know, that happens like that, you know, all the time. But um, at the time, you know, people were like, why would you do that? But I said, I think that's what you did. You kind of, you know, a lot of reasons you go to schools, obviously for the, the academics, but, you know, you spend so much time with your team and your coaches and that experience. I think that was, and I, I wanted to get into coaching. So I saw that as another chance to play a different school, um, get my graduate degree and be a grad assistant. And, and I really thought that's where I'd start my coaching career as a grad assistant. And, um, but then it led me to, to play professionally, you know, again, another opportunity to do something in a sport. I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. I thought I had to get into coaching. And then, um, my agent, which I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you know this name, but my agent, when I went to play overseas, uh, was Steve Mix. Okay. Oh, well. So okay. former Sixers, um, you know, played with Dr. J and I met him playing pickup at St. Joe's with Dr. J. We'd all have noontime <laughs> hoops there and um, he'd be up there and Dr. J and we would play. It was actually fun. You think about noontime hoops and Sixers used to train there. So Salt Wall, Manute Bowl, Charles Barkley, um, they were all in there. So, um, wow. you know, I started playing with Steve, you know, <laughs> it was really fun. You think about that now, it's like, you don't see that as much, but um, great experience. But he Say, hey, if you want to go overseas, yeah, I'll represent you. And I end up getting a position um, or contract to play over in Luxembourg. Um, so that's kind of where I started. You know, I didn't think that was going to happen. So I thought I'd get into coaching. I coached um, young players over there as well while I was playing. And then um, came back. I kind of did the, you know, everyone looks at my career. I came back and I heard there was going to be a league starting here in the state. So um, I kept training and got hired from by Harry Preda at Villanova. Okay. And, um, you know, Harry Preda, who's a legend in, um, you know, in the women's game, um, coaching for as long as he did. It, it was a great experience. And he had recruited me out of high school. So I've known him since I was 16. So, you know, I always credit him for giving me my first college job. And he taught me a lot. And he also, again, I was still playing a lot because at the time I was still training, hoping uh, this league would open up. But I coached Denise, so, which is the funny part. I was a third, oh, wow. I was a third assistant her senior year at, at Villanova. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. So I don't know if people know that we played against each other. She was a freshman my senior year at St. Joe's and we beat, we beat them. I always make sure I tell her that we beat them by about 30. Um, we kicked their butts. You know, I always tell her that. And then, you know, I ended up coaching her senior year and she had a great um, senior, you know, great career at Villanova, but um, so that's kind of how we became friends, you know, through the basketball world um, and colleagues. But um yeah, so I ended up going to St. Joe's for a year because my my former coach, who I um, 
always wanted to coach with was there and she offered me a position and and then the league opened up the abl so then i got drafted and played with dawn staley who i think everybody knows that name you know one of the best point guards to play in the game ever and now one of the best coaches um at our level so she's she's tremendous and i always say that experience with her she's just like she seems like she's she's had such a great platform for women's basketball and and she always said to me she's like you know we were roommates um when we were playing professionally and she always said there's enough out there for everybody amy everyone doesn't need all the attention and i think that's just kind of how you can see that's how she is as a person so i always love that about um how she presented herself and very humble um and then i think she's again been a great role model for so many young women in the sport um that that's why i said dawn got the job at temple and she called me the day she got the job and said amy you want to come work with me so i almost worked at like all the philly schools i was working my way around she got the job she called me early one morning and um i was still kind of not sure if i went to get back into college coaching after i finished playing and um i actually went back and coached high school for six years at episcopal academy which was another great experience uh loved the opportunity to do that learned so much coaching that i coached softball basketball tennis. I did, I did a little bit of everything. And the best part about that is I was teaching um, middle school health. So you guys know how that is. So sixth, seventh, and eighth grade health was definitely, <laughs> definitely an experience. Um, but, and then Denise got the job at Drexel and now 19 years later, they can't get rid of me. I love it. You know, it's a place I, I love, you know, I, people say that all the time to be able to be someplace that long, you don't see that happening as much. And I feel really lucky. I think the transition for me um, was something I didn't really think about. You know, I thought if, if there's an opportunity, there's a reason why I was there for so long because I wanted to be in a position to um, step in if, if Denise were to, you know, go somewhere else and, and it worked out for me. Great. I love it. Well, that's a great example of why I like and, and why, well, in general, why I got into podcasts is the things you learn about people. I mean, you just throwing out there you know, pick up basketball with Dr. J. And then I, there was another podcast here on, I can't remember if it was a KYW one or something, but you, you talked about Don Staley. And so, you know, kind of hearing that connection. So um, I guess all those people had different pieces in who you are now. Definitely. You know, I, I said that, like, I feel like everything, you know, you, you, you learn as you go through each process. And, and for me, I've really have an opportunity to work with someone like Harry Pareto, you know, who uh, has done so many things for, the game. I mean, Denise, you know, obviously we worked together for so long. We were a great pair and we, we actually laughed about it because last year uh, we both were obvious, we were both named um, coach of the year in our leagues and then the Philly co-coaches of the year. So she's like, she's like, damn, we should have been a lot better together. You know, if we both got coach of the year, you know, so we'd laugh about that. But, you know, we, the one thing, you know, we said, we're, we're not far apart. We still talk, we still talk every morning, you know, we, we just talk about the same things, but we feel like we're impacting people in two different spaces. So we're actually impacting more people in what we do, but I feel really lucky. I've, I've met so many great people and you talk about why you do what you do. And I think one thing I learned from Denise is you surround yourself with good people. And I think I've been really lucky to been able to do that. Um, and we did that for a long time as a, as a duo. And and now I think we're doing that with, with our staff and, and the people that we're able to work with um, to this date. And yeah, reading your bio is a random question, but you know, I, I, you know, it's, it, I, as you went through each of your stops, you're just like, you know, like in your, you're in the part of the big five hall of fame, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, you show up here, you know, first NCAA tournament appearance, conference championship, uh, on and on. You were at Rosemont college for what, one year in 1994, I think. Mm -hmm. How many games did you win there? And you win their championship too? We or? didn't win championship there. That was, <laughs> that was a very humbling experience, you know, because I said the one thing I learned um, working at Rosemont and I was finishing, like I was doing like, that was that year I was, it was, I think right before um, Villanova. And it was interesting because I was finishing my master's at St. Joe's at the time because I just come back from playing overseas and I had like four jobs. I was coaching there. I was bartending. I was waitressing. I was moving furniture during the day, finishing school because I had two more classes left to finish my master's. And I always say this to our players when they're like, Oh, I'll get a job. I go, you can, if you want to work, you'll find a job. You know, it's just a matter of, do you want to do it? But learn so much because, you know, I had, I got a chance to work in division three athletics and division three athletics means you drive the vans, you mop the floors, you do pretty much everything, the laundry, the water, um, you, you get everything ready. And I did a little bit at the high school level. So I think it was the best thing ever because now I can honestly say as a head coach, I, I, I'm not going to ever ask anybody to do anything I probably didn't do myself and it might be different now. So film exchange not, is not VHS tapes or DVDs, you know, it's, it's all digital, but 
there's a process to it. So I think everything, you know, the work you have to do, I think the, when you do that job, it just makes you a better, I think a leader. And when you have to manage people doing it, because I think you kind of understand what it takes to do it. So, um, yeah, I did have that experience as well. So a, l- a little bit of everything I think has helped me be patient in what I'm doing now, but also I think it's helped me, um, be well-rounded in my management skills too. Yeah. Obviously it maybe rubs off on your players too, because you have people that will do what needs to be done. You know, obviously you have your players at leading scorers and things like that, you know, your, you know, Barginians and Greenbergs and stuff, but then those role players, players like Mariah Leonard, and I could sit and think about those names too. I mean, so they probably learned that quality from you too. I, I hope so. I hope that's part of the, you know, I, I just think that's one of the best parts of coaching is you have special players in Marginian and, Greenberg and Mershon and, and, you know, they're so fun. You think about what they brought, but it was all those other players, like you said, the role players that really made the championships, you know, that did those things that you needed to, to win the games. And um, they were, they were willing to do, I think the great part about those type of players, they're the type of leaders that anybody will follow. And I think that's what you want to be when you're a head coach, you, you want to put, you want to be a position where your team's going to follow you and, and trust you what you're asking them to do, whatever that role may be. Cause you know, I always say if, if the the most disappointing thing that you experience when you're uh, when I'm coaching you is is your playing time, then that's okay, you know, because I think we've done everything else right. You've you've experienced winning, uh, you know, winning or winning a championship or postseason experience and all those things. So I'm, I'm okay with you being disappointed of wanting to get on the floor because everybody should want to work as hard as they can. So I can handle that, you know, and we can manage through that. But I think um, those roles usually change. You see players in our program they constantly find a way. Some play the freshman year, some don't play till the senior year, but they find a way um, to impact it. And you see that all the time, which is also the fun part about what we do and how we play. We're very lucky about this. And, you know, you kind of mentioned Drexel, 19 years, if I got the number of years right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a world where, yeah, you, you know, you go to a, well, at least in other college sports, you know, you're there for a few years and you leave and, bouncing around. Like I look at bios of coaches and, you know, they assistants all over the country. Um, what's kept you at Drexel? And I mean, other teams that's stupid, they're not offering you jobs. Like I listened to coach Dylan. I think it was that, I think she was on with Jay Wright, which is a really interesting podcast. And I think she threw out like Fordham as a program that it offered her. I could be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of shocked that, you know, that, that, you know, bigger programs wouldn't be offering. So, you know, have you had opportunities and what keeps you here? I have, you know, and I think in my, in my time as a, uh, you know, associate head coach, I had, I had four different opportunities that were, you know, serious, serious that I, you know, considered and really thought this could be the next step for me. One being Penn um, and two, actually they all seem to happen right after our championship years. So like 2009 uh, Penn, I was, you know, talking to them and, you know, I think one thing that's always kept me here, I feel like Drexel always um, made sure to, put me in a position that, you know, making me feel wanted. Like, you know, they did things to make sure that I was comfortable and, and able to stay in my, my, my role there. And, um, you know, that was one of the things that happened in 2013, Stony Brook, which is funny because now they're in our league, but um, went up there and was offered a position there. And again, a very great institution, great support for athletics and especially women's basketball. So I knew it would be a place you could be successful and, and they have been, you know, you can see, and, you know, that's going to be one of the tougher teams we play. Um, coming into our, the new teams this year. Um, I'd say so I, I had calls from Delaware when that opened up Bucknell, LaSalle. So there's been, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I got to a point where I'm, I don't want to take calls and talk to people if it's not something I think I'm definitely going to do or seriously consider. But I think the late, the latest one or the last one before this position was Davidson. And I thought, you know, this is, a, this seems like the right fit. It's a 10, has a great academic, you know, um, we have all those things in place that I went down and um, r- really loved uh, the campus, you know, a lot of things that they had to offer. And I think um, for me, again, um, that was a decision to stay because I thought there were some hurdles that might be in place for me, you know, um, from a personal standpoint. But I also knew Drexel's commitment to me, you know, they, we had had, you know, some agreements that if Denise were to leave, that I was in position to, to be you know, the next head coach. I feel like those are things that serious conversations we had. So I thought that was another way they were showing a commitment to me being at Drexel um, in the future. So it actually worked out. I feel like things worked out. It, it was a really strange transition because it was during COVID when it happened. But um, I say all that, those things were, but there was something that kept me at Drexel. You know, I think it was the people, I think it was the support. Um, I've never felt like we haven't been supported in what we do. And, you know, I think we, we've, 
we work really hard. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, when you think about Drexel and especially our athletic programs in general, there's a piece where it's like, I think we always had a little bit of the underdog mentality, but we always, always had that. I, I think that's, that's hard for us to have right now in our program because we've had some success, but we still, we still have the underdog mentality, but a little bit of the confidence that, Hey, we've been there, we can do this now. And, um, and I think that's one of the things I, I think there's more left for this program to do, you know, too. I think I'm excited about the future. I, I think things are always changing and, um, I'm excited about the type of players, the culture we've established, and it's special to me. So I want to continue to lead it for as long as I um, can do it and do it the right way. As um, as I've said before, you know, I, I hate losing. I think any coach will say that. And I always go into situations, I think all my life as a competitor is like, um, I never thought I was going to lose, you know, until I did. And then I, I lose. I'm like, all right, how am I going to make myself better? I'm just going to work a little harder at whatever it is I need to do. So I'll continue to have that mentality with this group and, um, see where we go, but I'm, I'm excited again about every year is new, you know, every, every season's different. Um, I think what we do and how we do it might not be, but I think the type of players, you know, they're different every year. So that's the exciting part about, um, what we're going to continue to do. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't know about you guys, but glad to hear that much in, you know, confidence in you and investment in you and, and getting you to stay. I mean, I, I think, you know, uh, you know, I think we, you know, how do I put this? I mean, I think we've trusted our administration in the past, but we don't always, I mean, we're Drexel. There's not a bunch of media, you know, there's not microphones getting stuck in people's faces of like, you know, what are your thoughts on this coach or that coach? And, you know, and, and but it's good to hear they've, they certainly made the right decisions keeping you where you are. And, um, and we're very lucky that, that you've stayed put, but, but also reassuring to hear there aren't, there are some, I mean, man, I was, we're, we're sitting there like, why wouldn't, I, I would ask that after almost every season, like, why isn't somebody poaching our coaches? And, um, so yeah, I'm glad they're, they're not total idiots, but then really glad too, <laughs> that you've, you've made the investment in staying put. So we're very lucky. So, yeah, I'd like to stay here for a while. That's what, that's my goal to be here and, uh, be part of this, uh, you know, this continue rise in our program. So I'm excited about it. And I'm just going to, uh, cause you, you know, talked about coach Dillon, and I, I want to shut up cause I want to let the other guys talk uh, a little bit and you guys chime in. Like we talked about, I was worried about that going in. I was like, I want to make sure we all got a chance to talk and everything, but um, but as far as Coach Dillon goes, I mean, I, I guess two questions I've had. One is, you know, and so on two sides of the coin, you know, what do you learn from her that you really take forward? Uh, but then were there also things like kind of sitting next to her on the bench for all those years, but you're like, man, once I'm in charge, I would do this. I mean, anything like that at all? You know, it's funny because everyone's like, what are you going to change? You know, and I said, well, I'm not going to like, why would I change too much? Because we've been pretty successful in what we've been doing. But I think. Um, you know, the one thing that was great about working for Denise is she allowed me to do pretty much everything but stand on the sideline. Yeah. You know, so I think behind the scenes, I was able to do so many things and um, really take charge with that. And I think, you know, again, I think we, you know, I was always known for my defense and really she was like the offense of mine and I was the defense. And, and that's one thing we've done extremely well in my time there. I think it's one of the reasons, you know, we've won championships and you, you hear that all the time and you win. Your, 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 your offense brings you know, excitement, but your defense is what wins games. And then your you know, those things are really important. So I always feel like you can always, you know, if you play defense, you always have a chance of winning a game, even if you shoot poorly. And I think that's one thing uh, Denise always kind of let me take the reins with. So it was something I did, but you know, when you, when you talk about things that maybe were a little bit different, I think, you know, it's funny. Cause I, I was thinking about that question, that, that idea of like, what has really changed? I think our transition, maybe we, we up and down a little more, but I say that I think we transitioned and I was, I had a little more freedom with letting them do some things on their own. You know, Hannah and Key would say, Hey, you kind of just let us go sometimes. And I feel like sometimes they just needed that. It's almost like you need to let them loose and do things. And, but understand um, we were always prepared for any situation we were going to be in that the prep before the games um, we were going to be ready. So if it was a possession game or a one second game and we had to run a play, they were going to be, be prepared for that. And they were going to know exactly what we had to do. And I feel like that was one thing, I, I wouldn't say Denise didn't do that, but I also also look at the type of players we had. I think it's changed depending on the players we had, you know? So like sometimes we, we didn't have quite um, a team that was as fast, you know? So it was a little bit different. Bailey Greenberg wasn't really a transition person, but she was very efficient. So, um, so I think it does change, but I, I learned a lot from her. I don't know if I changed too much. Um, people say I, I, I'm different and I guess I don't really notice what the difference is, you know, but I'm like, Oh, okay. I guess I am. I mean, I don't think I yell as much on the sideline. 
<laughs> I keep. I remember people right can now. see because I had a mask on the first two years, but um, yeah. So, is there a different type of replayer you've tried to recruit, or do you kind of follow her mold with that too? Yeah, I think I, I say a little bit of the same mold. You know, I think we know over the years after coaching for so long, you you've tried some. Sometimes you try different things, and you're like, okay, that's not really works here, and you get your niche. And I think we've really definitely found our niche with the local players. We, you know, there's a organization, the Comets, the Philadelphia Comets, and I'd say six of our players are from that organization. And, you know, those players have been successful in our program. So I'm like, why would I change recruiting those type of athletes? Now, not every player on our team is going to be from that program, but um, when you look at the success we've had, Hannah Nihill, Bailey Greenberg, Holly Mershon, Meg Creighton, um, Rachel Pearson, you know, these comments, like the list goes on, you know, currently, um, Mar Hendrickson, Kate Connolly, so Hedda Satman. So like these players now, they're not our whole team, but they definitely make a mix of it. So I think that's something that we continue to do. And I know I'm going to continue those type of players. I'm going to continue to, because they, they, they know the game, the, the way the organization, organization runs things. They really do a nice job of, of telling them things they're going to hear once they get to college. And I think that's really, especially these days, that's even more helpful so whatever I say, they probably heard, I, even if you know they didn't do it at the time, they're going to hear it again. So they're more prepared, I think, when they get to college for what we're asking them to do. And I'd say from a different kind of player, I think it's a little bit different. I definitely think, um, you know, I, I, the type of players have been, even the, the ones we have coming in and the ones we have, I think they're very similar. Like, I think one of our freshmen this year is very similar to a Bailey Greenberg. So I'm like, why would I not get that? You know, Bailey Greenberg is pretty good. So I'm like, you know, you look at the type of players. That Which one was that? Is it, um, is it from, uh, I know you have a player from Northeastern PA, Lavelle. Yes, Kylie, Kylie Lavelle, okay. yeah. Yeah, she's okay. like a 6'2". She's, we call her like Bailey Greenberg 2.0. You see her and you're like, this looks like Bailey, um, you know. And it's it's fun because you're like, you know, the potential's there, you know, to, to do these things. So um, you definitely do. You try to mix it up and find those players, but you also realize that in what you do, um, you know, you. I'm sure you guys know about the transfer portal and the things, you know, that go on with that now. And that's changed the landscape. But for us, you know, we, you know, we were last year, one of like 30 teams in the nation that had nobody transfer. And I think, I think that's important to me because as I said earlier, I think it's the only thing that the thing that the players get most upset about probably is playing time, you know, so it's not their experience. And I think we give them a really great experience overall. And um, so I feel like the type of, there are, there's definitely a certain type of student athlete we're looking to bring in. I mean, they have, they have a lot of success off the court too. So again, that's not for everybody. Not everybody has that same um, plan moving forward. So I'm really like, I think that will change, but at the same time, I think that we've been successful with the type of players we've been getting. So um, we're always looking for the next, you know, when we started at Drexel, it was like, we need to get a player better than this player. And then next year we need to get someone a little bit better every year. And I think we were able to do that. I think Gabby really, Marginian, um, set the tone. You know, once Gabby came in, we, we had this player who was able to do like a, a multiplayer, you know, it wasn't just one thing she could do. And I think that really kind of brought in, if, if we can get one or two players like that and then surround them with some role players, I think that works for us. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed, and it, I think it couldn't have worked out better with, you know, Coach Dillon being successful there and then you've continued success there. It's given me another team to root for. Because I, I, I mean, I never liked Villanova growing up. I mean, but you had to respect them. It's right. certainly on the men's side. And then, I mean, I knew very little about Harry Preda, and you know. But then, you know, went to a vanilla or vanilla Villanova women's game last year for the first time ever. And I'm trying to remember who they played. It's like a Friday night. It went to overtime. Really great game. It was it was post grade autograph night. You know, the kids had a great time. Actually, before this, I went on because they play UConn at home. I think it's a Saturday and I don't, they're doing the whole, you have to buy a season ticket package before you can get individual games, but never would have crossed my mind to go to Villanova women's game. <laughs> and I mean, I'm in on that program too. And by the way, you can watch it on flow sports. So it's not just sprint car racing, you can watch big East women's basketball on flow sports. So uh, there you um, go. That, and I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I, I feel like I was at, I, I was recruited at Villanova. That was my final school. I don't know if, I, if you guys, I, so when I was looking at schools, it was Richmond and Villanova. So those are like my two schools. And Harry Pareto was the head coach at Villanova. And then hit one of his former players, Stephanie Gately, was the coach at Richmond. So it really was, you know, I ended up being coached by somebody who really had so many of the same philosophies that Harry Pareto had. So it's funny how um, he continued to influence, you know, all of us. Like, and then I worked with Denise who played for him. So it, it's really, you know, now he shows up in the gym. I'll turn around, he'll just be sitting there 
he's like, hey, because I hope you don't think I'm trying to tell you what to do. I'm like, Harry, you can tell me whatever you want. I'll listen to you or I won't, but you can just give me your, you know, but he's great because he, he just loves the game. You know, he loves, he's retired now. He floats around to Denise's practice. He's everywhere, you know, so we, we laugh, um, but he's definitely a unique um, person, but just great. You know, he's been great for the game and, and obviously great to us as a mentor. So I'll take any advice. Let's I'll take it. I might not follow it, but I'll take whatever you have to offer. All right. So I'll, I'll shut up and listen for a bit. Like I'm calling the WIP, but hey, if you guys want to take it away as far as how we've sustained success, go for it. I just got one follow-up question. I think like, what was, what was the biggest um, adjustment you had to make jumping from, you know, assistant to the head coach? It's a great question. You know, I think, you know, being responsible for everything and, and then managing, you know, so it's, it, you know, it was managing a staff and onboarding new people and, and hoping that you, you, you brought the right kind of people in to, you know, that fit in your program and your culture. And I think it brings a whole different level of responsibility that you don't really think about, you know, on top of making all the decisions and knowing that you'll be responsible for each decision. And uh, I think that was like, I'd, I'd been able to do a lot of that. I think the one thing I was able at least to give myself a little bit of grace with it and be like, all right, you know, you're not going to make every right decision or every right call, but you're going to be in a place to, um, handle whatever's thrown your way. So I think that that was probably the biggest adjustment, you know, managing pretty much everything, um, including, you know, those game day decisions, you know, when you make the call and you make the, you know, I think I always took every loss we had as an associate head coach. Um, I think I, I was in just as much pain as the head coach, but, um, at the same time, the responsibility still goes on your shoulders. Right. So like everything that happens, you really have to take care of. And I think that's probably, that was probably the biggest adjustment. So kind of building off, Amy, you, you, you brought up the transfer portal. And of course this NIL era, this wild, wild West new frontier situation. And it, it's seemed for the most part that retention of college student athletes at Drexel has always been one of its calling cards, uh, even in comparison to the men's team where at times we would be worried about when's the shoe going to drop? When is this player that just had a great season going to inevitably go for what they see as greener pastures. But for the women, it's always, Oh wow. Hannah's coming back for a fifth year uh, or, Oh my gosh, Kashana's coming back and Mars coming back. And it's just, do you think that's some, well, I, I, what is it about the program? I would say that, that really fosters that, mindset within the players i'm sure there's some of it that is on the players themselves but what is it about the program that just kind of makes people want to stay yeah i think it's the people I, you know you say that but i think it's i think they know we how much we care about them you know and i think it's i think a perfect example of the type of players we have when your best player in bailey greenberg so in in the 19 2019-20 season we win the regular season title we're at Elon for the CA, you know, quarterfinal with their number one seed. We're getting ready to play Wilmington and literally 30 seconds before you're going to play, you get taken off the court because of COVID, you know, and it's like, and you don't realize this time, this is the last time you're ever going to see this kid play, you know, it, or, it, that happened to everybody. So it's not something that didn't happen to everybody. And you leave, we get on a bus, we come home and no one sees each other for six months. And in, the, in that time frame, Denise transitions to Villanova. I transitioned into the head job and um, so much, to, but I say all that because, Fast forward to the CA championship for 2021 and it's COVID we're, we're down at Elon again and now in the championship game and who's up in the stands, Bailey Greenberg, you know, who come down with Kate Connolly's family. And when we win and, you know, again, we're not allowed to hug anybody, you know, just our team. We're like in that little uh, bubble. But when we walk out to get on the bus, Bailey Greenberg standing there and she's crying and she's like, it was all about, the team, you know, and about seeing them finish something she started as a player. So I feel like that epitomizes like what our program's about. You know, if your best player, you know, all season long, just wanted to see this team be successful and she wasn't bitter about, Hey, I never got to play. I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to play in this game. And I think that kind of is what we're about. And I feel like that's why Hannah Nihill came back. Cause she Hannah Nihill, even in the time, you know, we win the championship. She's the defensive player of the year, first team, you know, all these things. And she really, Dean Ellers award. She pretty much got every award you you could could get as a player, and every accomplishment. You know, had won you know two regular season titles, a conference. You know, so when she talked about coming back, um, she's like, I should just finish. You know, like I did all this, and you know, and I said to Hannah, 
I said, but you're a competitor. And I said, that's one thing I know about you. You will compete all your life. And I go, the worst case scenario, you come back, we don't win. I said, but I'm pretty sure if you come back, we're going to definitely win more than we're going to lose, which we obviously did last year in, um, you know, historical wins for, for a season. And, and she, she led us all the way. And that part was just fun to see someone just come back and compete. And I think that's what you're getting. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but Kishana, de- there was definitely feelers out there. I think people were definitely, um, you know, she, she was contacted by people, you know, people that want her. Um, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was nervous. I'd say more like, you know, I I'll understand if that's something she wants to do, I'll support it. She's, she's been here and she's been successful, but um, she said that she said she, she, I, I think somebody had asked her that and maybe it was another player um, not in our program. And she said, why would I leave here? They, they actually care about me. They've made me the best player I can be. So why would I leave here? Like I have this experience and um, she's a competitor too. And I think, you know, she's coming back to prove um, she can continue to be successful at this level and lead a team in a different way. You know, and I think she has the ability to do that. Just, you know, just today she's named preseason player of the year which is no surprise to me, you know, but um, I'm hoping that's something that becomes, you know, in the future that I think if she does all those little things that she can be that, but I think she's an example of that. And Mara Hendrickson, you know, I feel like they're just, and they're great people. And so why wouldn't I want Mara Hendrickson if she wants to come back for another year as a leader in our program? Because she, she's, 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 she epitomizes like a Drexel player, gritty, hard nose. She tears her ACL, comes back, has a, a great, you know, leads our team again last year. She came from an ACL tear, back on the floor in the best condition I've ever seen any athlete in my 30 years after an injury. You know, she comes in and I was like that kid tore ACL and she's playing more minutes than kids who have been healthy, you know, so it's pretty amazing, but I think it is the experience. So I think, um, I said, I think it's the people we surround ourselves with. I think it's the team and I think our culture and what we're about. And this is kind of a, I guess, semi offshoot of the same question, but you know, so many of your former players, even going back to the Denise days, have stuck around and gotten on staff. Of course, Stacy, uh, of course, but also, I mean, more recently we have Kayla now, Tessa, uh, Kayla Bacon, Tessa Brugler sticking around. And um, we've had others, uh, you know, over the course of the last couple years. Um, is it kind of go back to that same thing, just the, the culture and not wanting to <laughs> give it up quite yet and things like that? I think it is. I think there's a passion for the program, you know, like Kelsey Lidge, who just most recently was on staff and she was part of a regular season um, team that played in, you know, two title games and Mike Hallbagger, who was our Dobo. He was our manager when we won the 2013 WNIT championship. He was a manager on our team, went to work. He was working at Penn and Princeton and came back as our Dobo. And, you know, you talk about passion for a program and continuing to see um, everyone be successful. It's, it's like, it's always about, the people and not themselves. And I think that's what you're, what you see. And I think we've had Meg Creighton was on staff. Um, so you're right. Taylor Wooten, who was obviously a big part of our 2013 championship team. There's something about being part of that, that is special. And I think you see it now alumni games, we have events, you know, even alums that come back and want to be at practice. I, you know, I, I just hired Bell Coquinas as my um, recruiting coordinator this year. And Bell was the head coach at Dartmouth for the last eight years. She's been in the basketball world over 20 years. And she said to me the other day, and you, I guess you take this for granted because you don't realize it. She was Amy. She was, I've only been here what since June and the alums that come back and just want to be around at practice. You know, they want to be part of practice. They want to be around. She was, I haven't seen that anywhere I've ever been. She was, they just, they come back and they want to be around it. And I think you do like Aubrey Brown's at practice or she's having talks with players about things and helping them through things. So it's, it is pretty cool. Cause you, I think you, you just feel like it's part of our culture. So you don't realize it's happening. And most recently, yes, Kayla Bacon and Tessa Brugler. I'm so excited to have them on staff because, again, they're just passionate about the team, about the program. I mean, Tessa in one year, you know, she have, she had a very successful career at Bucknell, but she also had a very successful career in one year at Drexel and impacted the program. And um, you're going to see her continue doing that in her role. And I think that just goes to show that she just said she's I had a great great experience. Like I, I want to be part of this and continue to do more. So I'm trying to find more eligibility for her, but that didn't happen. I thought maybe I could find another year in there somewhere. There's so many waivers. Can't we find one for her? But um, anyway, so yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. I think it's part of who we are in the culture of the program. You brought up Kishana being the preseason player of the year, which is obviously a tremendous honor. And of course the team itself picked to finish first, which is 
definitely some respect given. Um, I guess thoughts on on the poll. I, I was uh, a little surprised to see Charleston as high as they were. Uh, again, don't have as much inside information as you do, certainly, but uh, it's a couple new members this year, Stony Brook, uh, Monmouth, et cetera. So uh, any thoughts on the release media releases today? Yeah, I think the, the release just goes to show the respect I think our league has for our program. And I do think, you know, when you have, you've often seen, especially, you know, and I'm going to say this on the women's side, the team that has the player of the year or, or potential player of the year is often one of the best teams in the league. You know, you look at the teams traditionally who have won and been the position, you know, even Gabby they, when we won, you know, the Delaware with Deladon. I mean, I feel like Deladon's kind of a whole other level in some ways, you know, with how, how that, uh, um, played out, but you, you kind of see that in our league, you know? So I think that's something when you have a player like Yashana, you know, she's capable and you saw her, she's capable of winning a championship, you know, back to back 30 point performances, the, the way she's been able to perform. So I think the respect that teams have for us and um, the coaches and probably the new coaches too. I think that that's a reason for that ranking. I do, you know, as, as a coach, you know, you just know the best thing about, something like that happening. I, you know, I say it's, it's about the returnees and the respect they have for them, but it's also about the respect for the program. So all the ones before them that have established this foundation. And, and now, and I said this earlier, it's, it's just, it's just a reminder. We have a lot of work to do, you know, so you, you get picked this. So we have a target on our back. So we have a lot more work to do our staff, our players that said, but I do think with the new teams, Charleston is a team who um, definitely, had a, a great year last year, a lot of new faces, but they have one, a better guard that one of the best guards in the league on their team um, who is returning. So I think it's hard because a lot of the other teams, there's new teams to the league that I think are going to continue. You're going to continue to hear more about. I think Stony Brook being one of the ones who had a lot of success last year in their league. And I think they're a team to look out for, but there's a lot of changes and back to the transfer portal. What I do know is a lot of those teams like Towson and Delaware had a lot of people leave you know, a lot of their players, they're like all new faces. So you're looking at these teams when I'm looking at the rosters and I'm like, I don't know. It's like, you don't know anybody. They're all like new, new people. So I think that's part of the reason too. You see a lot of these teams don't have people back. I would think Towson would have been a team that um, would have had a lot of people back, but they had a lot of people leave with the coaching change and the portal. So yeah, it's gonna. It's a little bit of a. It's it's a little bit of a mystery. I think I know what we have and, and what we're capable of. So, and I think the other coaches know that as well. So, um, within the league, we're gonna see. I, I really think you're gonna see some teams that surprise you a little bit that you're not sure because it, it is so different this year. I'm I'm hoping they can't figure out how to guard us in a year. <laughs> Speaking of surprises, um, for as long as I've been following and coming to women's games, 15 years now, maybe going on 16. Um, you have your players that day one starter, you can see that they're going to be a star. You're making Creighton's, you're Hannah Nihills, uh, et cetera. From just from day one, they're freshmen, they're starting. And here comes the next four, four years. Um, or in some cases five, but, um, there's always seems to be that one player who may be a little bit of a late bloomer starts a little slow. They're on the bench. You see them. They're there. They're on the team. And then their junior year, their senior year, they seemingly come out of nowhere. The example I always like to give is Tori Tiroff, um, where she was there. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow, she's really contributing, like in very meaningful ways. A couple, I mean, Nikki Metzel was another one, uh, I think, that kind of came into her own. And these players become very important to the team. Is there anybody on the team in that kind of – more veteran upperclassman role that you see as a breakout candidate for this season? I do. I think uh, Jasmine Valentine. And I mean, she had, she definitely had such um, impactful minutes for us last year, you know, as a sophomore and you you could see it coming. And I think you're going to see like she, she was, I mean, she was picked newcomer or, key performer of the year from the, the city six, you know, when they, when they talk about players, she is someone people are looking I'm looking for that from her. I do think she's, she's doing that. You're seeing that consistency in practice every day. And I think that that's what happens. I think we have these players that, um, you know, like you said, the ones that right from the beginning, you're like, all right, here they go. And then you have the ones. And that's what I think that's what makes and breaks their season. When you have that one player, it's the Sarah Woods who didn't, you know, she was back there, back there. And then you you have that great, you know, the 2018 year, we win the regular season title. We lost Meg Creighton. 
just play, you know, we, we lost like 3000 points for us. And I'm like, I don't know. I hope you finish 500 this year, you know, in your head, because you just lost all this. And then Kelsey Lidge and Meg Marisic and Sarah Woods somehow lead this team to a, you know, it's like, it's like that will, you know, to just prove that you can do it. And they did it. And I feel like that's, you know, that's a little bit of this team to me this year. Cause I feel like we lost a lot last year, but we do have Kishana and, you know, and Mara. So there's a piece, those are like, you have these like fifth years and you have a lot of you know people that that's what you're looking for. Like who's that next person that's going to step up and make the difference. And I think Jasmine Valentine, I think Hedda Satman also kind of falls in that area. She, I don't think she's as much of a, Hedda had, you know, steps back a little bit last year with Tessa Brugler coming in as a grad transfer that was, you know, average a double, double, but I think Hedda and Jasmine, you're really going to see step up in those roles this year for us. And I'm excited to see, see them, you know, grow. And I, and I hope bloom in, in, in our culture and in our program and what we do. What can you tell us about some of the, uh, the freshmen uh, that are coming in that we could look forward to? There's, there's a few of them. We do. We have four freshmen. So, um, you know, we have Jalen McNeil, who's from Maryland, who gives you a little bit of that um, scoring um, kind of three powerful, like three type player, aggressive defender, which I'm really excited about her. And then, um, we have Jenny Martin from the Boston area. So she's a, she's a shooter. She's five eleven. you know, deep can shoot the three deep. I'm, I'm excited about those two and, and the future for them. And then Grace O'Neill, who is Meg Creighton's cousin. So you, you look at Grace and she's that, that Drexel point guard. She's gritty. She's conditioned. She plays hard. She's, you know, up and down the floor at every end. And I'm really excited because, you know, Grace started coming to our games when she was about nine watching her cousin play. I have pictures of her in the locker room when we won the WNIT championship, you know, she's like, you know, doing flips on the floor. So I laugh that now she's in our, in our, you know, in our program and she epitomizes like our point guard. So I'm excited. I definitely think you're going to see um, impact minutes from her um, from the very beginning. And then Kylie Lavelle, who I mentioned earlier to me um, has that potential to be, you know, she's a scorer. She's a six, two um, scorer can, can score from the outside inside and, and can rebound. So I'm excited about what she's bringing um, to the program as well. So they're really a, a skilled and versatile class. So I'm excited about them. And, you know, we brought them in really thinking we were going to be young this year, thinking that a Kishana Washington and Mar Henderson would not be here, but with COVID we have them back for another year. So um, again, I'm excited about see how this, gr- this group builds together. Cause I think, I still think we have a lot to do. Obviously we have a foundation with, with some of the returnees, but I think, building with the young ones um when we get there i'm really excited to see what this team can do there's last year's team was extremely veteran um i mean i think the starting five was entirely seniors and grad students uh so it was definitely a very experienced bunch um and at least to the out to us fans it, it seemed as though you ran a bit of a shorter bench last year uh kind of relying on those for good reason obviously it was an incredibly successful team um, do you see it a little bit deeper in terms of rotations this year? Um, or are we sticking with a, with a core of six or seven again? Right now, I think the way I look at it, it will be deeper. I just think like for that reason alone, you said the experience, um, I think last year to have, you know, we had three fifth year players six year in Mariah Leonard. And, um, I think to have that, that's unusual, you know, and they really knew how to, I think one of the things about being experienced is you know how to be efficient with your time on the floor and, and you can play that 30 to over 30 minutes a game and be really efficient in it. You know, I, and I think they were able to do that and they did it so well that did shorten up the rotation. I think this year we're going to have to rely on the versatility of each game is going to be different. And I think you're going to see different players depending on who we're playing and what we need on the floor. I think, you, uh, you know, we know what Kishana and Firm and Mara Henderson bring. I say Firm. We call her Firm. Her middle name's Furman. So I, every time we hear Mara, I was like, who's that? We call her the Furminator. But Firm, um, those two, you kind of know what you're getting. I think they're capable of playing over 30 minutes a game. But after that, I think it's going to be a rotation. I think we're going to have to figure out. Um, I expect it to be because of the versatility and the type of game. So I'd like to see us have a deeper bench because I think we're going to need it to be successful consistently. So, um I guess that's still TBD, but, but I, I, I see that happening um, from what I, what I'm experiencing right now with the group. You were talking a little bit earlier about how, you know, when, when uh, Denise was there, you were kind of the, the defensive specialist. 
Um, from an outsider's perspective, you know, our team has always been uh, that zone, uh, you know, is always a, a staple of, of the of the team defense. Um, and at least to me, as an observer, last year and to a lesser extent the year before, it seemed as though there was more man mixed in than I'd seen in the past. Am I just completely wrong on that? Or, or is that something that I was actually picking up on? I'd say it, it probably looked like we were playing more man because of the um, cause it had a nice Nihil's ability to be able to pick people up full court, put the pressure on. So a lot of times it looked like we were in man, but we fell back to his own, but she was able to just, because of her quickness and her ability to guard somebody full court for like a 40, for 40 minutes of a game, she would just pick him up and we would just like do a tandem. So it looked like you were in man, but you actually fell back to zone. So it was a matchup. So really a lot of times it confused people because they didn't know if we were in a man or zone, but I'd say we still probably did. We mix it up, you know, a lot of times it'll be like on a make, we're in that on a miss, we're in man. So we, we, it would, it would change and it would change. I think one thing you saw us do a lot more, especially with last, last year's group with Hannah on the floor was, was press, you know, and we, we have, we had a press where, you know, we, there were gains when we played Elon, we were down 12 points and we single-handedly came back because of our full court press. I mean, we were stealing going back and forth, you know, like, so we definitely change it. So when we're, things aren't going, we're, you're going to see us press and try to pick up some quick quick buckets that way and hannah i mean the one thing about hannah like will miss is her ability to impact the floor on both ends at a high level she did that at a level i've never coached somebody who's done that to the way she did it so that's going to be an adjustment for this year because that's you know as i said to key that's the you know those adjustments you have to make for key and mara you know hannah's always been there so they have to figure out how to play without her you know and i said that's going to be part of our adjustment this year is you can but she's always been there. You know, she's like been, you know, she's there, she's doing this. So you guys got to make up for that in a different way. You don't have to be Hannah, but um, we have to find a way to get that same edge we have defensively, you know, in what we do. And we will stick to the zone. We'll, we'll, that's, that's always been our staple, but it will change. You know, it might be we're bigger on the floor this year. So a little bit of a different look when we are in man to man, you know, with you're switching everything big to big. And there's so many things, strategies that go into it. Um, but I feel like one of the things we've done defensively We've, we've always been able to take a team that wants to go fast and slow them down. That's the full court zone and just try to slow up, you know, how quickly they get shots. And then if it's a team that likes to, you know, if it's a team that likes to slow down, we try to speed them up. And that's where you see us press and do some more of the trapping and things on the floor. So we really strategically try to make them uncomfortable in what they're doing on the floor if we can and make them take, you know, tough contested shots and, and keep them to one. I think our weak, not weakness, but one of the things we continue to have to find this year it's going to be tough for us is rebounding because we we had great rebounder in Tessa Brugler, Mariah Leonard, and even Hannah Nihill. She was a she was a great rebounding guard. So as I said to this team, that's something we're gonna to have to find a way to make up. You know, and that's part of the learning curve with new teams finding a way to do that. With all the success that the programs had, what are the next steps uh, that you can the next heights that you can that you can take the program to since you know, I mean if the team's not quite as successful, it's a lot easier to set goals. But since we've been so successful, what do you see as the next uh, next steps? You know, I think um, obviously continuing to put yourself in a position to be in postseason, you know, to do that, uh, the amount of times we've been able to, to do. I, I don't think you think you can't do it, but when you look back, you know, I, I was thinking that, you know, you have a player like Hannah Nighthill, and I'm like, wow, she was – I don't think any player's ever done what she's done in her career. And she's played in four title games, you know. One like you know two regular season titles, a tournament title, postseason every year. I'm like, wow, how do you how do you top that, right? And that's just in the last five years with um, a player like that leading the way. And I think each team is new, so I think there is a challenge. And just can you do that again? Can you put yourselves in position? And um, but I do feel you know your your goal is to make the postseason runs. I was obviously disappointed we didn't um, win that last game in the tournament and put yourselves in position to go to the NCAAs last year. So that's disappointing. So that's always a goal, you know, when you go into your season, I think it's going to be even tougher now with more teams in our league, you know, so you're putting yourself in position that you have to um, win that tournament. You know, when you have a, you really have to challenge yourself with your schedule. So I think what we're doing out of conference to moving forward is going to have to be something we, we think about, but you know, I'd like to see us make deeper runs in postseason, get to postseason again and make deeper runs and do that, whether it's in the NCAA tournament, obviously winning that first game, you know, or if it's in the WNIT, which I think, you know, you, you see this tournament and those teams like a Seton Hall who we lost to went on to, 
you know, losing the championship. So you're playing great teams at a high level. So continue to do that. And what we said earlier and what we mentioned earlier is hopefully get people to come out and see these teams play. Like I think last year's team was a perfect team to like, you want to root for you, watch them play. And they were just fun to watch, you know, everything about them and how they played was, was so fun to be part and to coach. And, uh, and I said that all year long, you know, this team, um, I'd love to see more exposure, especially for these, these players and, and what they do on the floor. So all around, I'd like to see a little more of all that, but continue um, to stay on where we are and, and have, have those longer runs and, and seasons. I mean, from our podcast with Greg, I, I've, uh, Greg Cusick, I've been much more positive on the direction of um, getting people into the deck. I, I think he's, you know, got the right ideas at least. And, uh, Hopefully we'll see those results uh, at both the men's and women's games. Uh, get the DAC pack because it's a it's a really fun place to watch a game uh, when the crowd is good in there. Um, you know you're on top of it and it's just it's one of the best places in my opinion. Now I think you know the the tournament championship game. You know you you go to that game and it was like a great. I mean the whole you know and we did a great job I think running the tournament. Uh, we did a great job with the promotions. And I think that just goes to show when we put the time into that marketing, you know, marketing and really having a game day feel um, it's such a great place to play and a great place that I think we can, I, I'm excited about where we're going with that. And, and I think we're, we're, we're moving in the right direction. I think there's so many different things we can do. And I think we're going to continue to look at, but I'm excited to work with Greg and his staff and, and do whatever we can do on our end to, to, to continue um, to get you know people in the stands and, um, get the attention that the student athletes, I think, deserve these teams because I think they we do have great potential. And like you said the DAC pack, I mean, they they make those games, you know. So I said that really when our players and the DAC packs there and the energy, it's just it's awesome feeling to be part of that. Where does where does Key fall in line with some of the other great Drexel basketball players? As far as you know, we mentioned a bunch of names here. We've also got like you know Damian Lee who had a game winning shot last night for a. Uh, for the Phoenix Sun. So where would you put her in those ranks or, or should we wait until her you know, career is over to make those judgments? You know, I think it's, you know, I think she's right up there. I, lo- I look at her and Hannah Nihill's the, the best backcourt that Drexel's ever had, you know, and when you talk about two guards who impacted the game and the program, I mean, they're phenomenal. And I think together, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss seeing them play together because it was so fun just seeing how well they work together. But I think, um, when, you, when you talk about Kashana Washington and what she did, you know, obviously in the championship run in 21, the back-to-back 30-point games, no other player, I think other than Elena Deladon, has had that type of performance um, in a tournament. And, and really um, that, I think, is historical, you know, like I think for that piece of it as far as an individual. But just you look at some of the games even last year, score 40 points um, in overtime and and bring us single-handedly bring us back to beat Bucknell at home with down 18. I mean, she scored, I think, 18 points in seven minutes. It was unbelievable. So you see the dynamic, how she played and her ability to do certain things. And, you know, I say that she's a gamer because I said that's her. I know one thing about you. You're, you're a gamer. Like, you're going to take you're gonna take control and you're going to take – that's the conversation we had. You, you are going to be okay with taking that shot, make it or miss, but you're going to take it. And um, I think she'll be known for that, you know, kind of that, that piece of it, that fire she had. And – I think she'll go down as one of the, the best players to to play in our program. You know, I think along with the ones we've mentioned before, but, you know, and I say that not just because of how she performs individually, but how she's led teams, you know, she's, she's led us to championships and regular season titles. And I think that really is a sign of a great player, someone that can do all those things. And you look at off the court to be a scholar athlete, the CA scholar athlete as well. I mean, that's pretty impressive. So I, I was always, I think the, the my favorite part about watching the Drexel games, and we played a lot of close games because, and, and I'm glad I was looking at my phone, and it was 44 minutes into this, more or less, that we mentioned we were preseason number one, because as you know, it's good in a sense, but now the target's on your back. So, and I'm sure all last year, the target was on your back. Um, so you always were playing in close games. Um, but, you know, we get down to the end and I just, you know, they'd show you and you just, like you kind of see you take that second to kind of, and I, I'd say to my, my, my wife and kids, I'm like, coach Mallon's reaching into a bag of tricks. And you just, <laughs> you knew that something good was coming. Like what's your approach in those situations? I mean, you just take a, you exhale for a second, you know, do you talk to your assistants? I mean, 
how do you prepare for those kind of situations? I think you said, it. I, I, I definitely exhale for a second. I take it in because I feel like those are the moments, you know, one thing I said to last year's team and, and one of my philosophies as a coach is, you know, we had a hashtag. It was like, no doubt. I said, you're never going to be in a position where you're going to question what, what needs to be done on the floor. Like you're going to be prepared. So like if, if it's whatever play we run and we miss a shot, well, we, we execute and we do what we need to do. And I think um, I want my players to feel that calm on the floor in those situations. And I feel like, they were willing to step up and um, do those things. And I feel like for me, that's probably part of my demeanor. Like, I mean, I'm the coach. So yeah. I wake up and I'll like have a dream about some play and Hannah and I would crack up. Cause I go, Hannah, I practice. I like, let's run this play. I just thought about this and she loves it. She's like, tell me about it. She goes, did you have a dream about it? I go, yeah. And like, you know, those are the things that you think about. And then when you do it and it works, you're like, Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Like you see someone <laughs> do it. And, and I mean, you need the players. You can't, you know, you can think these things, but you need to know how these players are going to work in what you do. So I think that's the fun part about coaching. You know, it's also the killer. You know, you play last year and you have a great year and you don't win that one game and you feel like, gosh, you know, you're 28 and five, you know, and you put yourself in this position. So that's what keeps you going. You know, that's what keeps you like the heartbreak of that. And the heartbreak's not for me. It's for the players. You know, I want everything. I want them to have every year the best year they can have. So I'm going to do my best always to to create that circumstance. But, you know, I, I think it's great when you can coach a team um, and say at the end, it's still upsetting when you lose, but you were never a disappointment to coach, to coach a group like that, to show up every day and do that. I think that's the fun part about coaching. And so for me, that's the way I look at it. Like, I feel like I have this rapport that in those moments I am, I'm like, all right, this is what we need to do. And I'm going to, you know, see if this works and you, you train yourself. I think like anything, it's not something that just happens. I think it's something you've been doing for so long. So there's a sense in some ways, but, um, you know, as we know, sometimes, it, sometimes it goes in, sometimes it doesn't. But last year we really had a lot of situations that I think we were prepared for. And that's why I said the hashtag was no doubt. I mean, this year our hashtag is, um, eat, sleep, build, repeat. Cause I feel like for us, um, and you'll see that that's something we've started with. I said, we have a foundation. I brought our group in. I said, we have a foundation. It's been there. It's, it's our culture. It's what we're about. But this program, this team has to build on that. You know, nothing's going to be given. We're going to start all over. Um, we have the foundation with the returnees, but we got work to do. And I think they believe in those, you know, when we have these um, things, when we start the season, I think the team really buys into it. And I think that's why I'm able to do what I do. It sounds like a, another promotion with a t-shirt night, but then a t-shirt yep. and same with <laughs> Furminator. I like that one too. So is that a good um, one? I know she's yeah, but, and, and again, and, 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 you know, just kind of one last plug for getting people out to the women's games. That's what I've always enjoyed. And like Anthony was touching on the different defenses and things. I mean, not that it doesn't happen in the men's game, but, you know, compared to, you know, and I was, all I keep thinking about is Kyle Schwarber. Great. He hit the, you know, broke the exit velocity record or the longest home run in Petco Park history. But how about, you know, then they show the exit velocity of, you know, all the the ground ball base hits that, you know, were in that four run inning that the Phillies scored. So I think these days we get fascinated on dunks and not that in the women's game, you don't see, I mean, Keyshawn Washington, some of the stuff she does is incredible. Um, but you guys play basketball. You don't play dunking or whatever you want to call it. So uh, another reason to come out and, and watch your team because they're they're fun to watch for a lot of reasons. So thank you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, I I get excited for the way they play and what they do, and um, I really appreciate your support. You know, and you guys being there and, and just this time tonight because I think it means a lot. And it's it's back to just I think when when we do things like this, I think it's it's so great because I think the team just sees the support that we get from. Um, everybody, especially like you guys, you know, be able to do this, I think makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And hopefully there, you may have an Archbishop Wood recruit potentially who smoked Mechanicsburg where I live. So maybe she dials up Amy Mallon and, you know, again, and the thing you said about playing time was I, I, you really like that of, yeah, if the worst thing you do with this program is, or the worst thing you complain about is, is playing time, you've done your job. And that's a great message for the team and, and everyone, no matter what you do. So and then hopefully, uh, you know, get some more people in there. Uh, and some of us that might be particularly passionate uh, won't get removed. Like uh, we've happened to <laughs> that, that came up. I don't know. I think it came up in one of our, um, it might have been the head coaches, you know, when we had the officiating, like, you know, just talking about that dynamic, but that's, yeah. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm all about passion. I love like a player, I, I love, I, I'd much rather have someone with a lot of passion. I can tone down like a Hannah Nihil, you know, you just love it. Cause you're just like, you know, 
I get it. I, that's how I was as a player. Hannah Nihil, you know, we, we talk about her. I was so connected to her because I was her. Like that's everything about how she played, what she did, her competitiveness was always, um, you know, to an extent, you know, maybe a point where I'm sure the league is very happy to see her go. But um, I'm all about passion. You know, when someone has that towards what they do, I think, you know, I can appreciate it, you know. So uh, I love the passion our, our, our fans have for our team, and um, I'll take that any day. It definitely uh, shown through your relationship with Hannah, too. Uh, you know, I, I can still remember watching that championship game down at Elon, and I'm sure a photographer got a picture of her jumping into your arms because I, I remember that moment. Um, so that was, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty cool to see that coach-player bond. It, was, it came across uh, very clearly. Yeah, that's one of my favorite um, pictures from the tournament because I think it's a, you know, a thing she she kind of that year when I got the job, I'll say um, Hannah and um, my other senior Kayla Bacon's like coach, you know, Amy, whatever you need us to do. And I said, well, Hannah, I need you to do everything. I need you to score. I need you to, you know, do this. I need you to play defense. Like, okay. And so I think when that happened, you could probably see it in the picture and you realize it when you see it. There, there was, there's definitely a love there um, for you know what she was able to do and. To be honest, and actually, just like we said earlier, I'm, I'm having coffee with Hannah and I Hill tomorrow morning. She, she wants to hear how the team's doing. She goes, I want to see what's happening. So again, you talk about the culture and people coming back. I'm going to meet her before practice tomorrow so we can talk about the team. She wants to hear what's going on. And um, those relationships, back to why you coach and why I've been someplace for so long, um, those I love. I love that our alums come back and they want to be part and that we have relationships that go beyond basketball as well. But they'll say three things, their experience at Drexel, they, they love, um, you know, obviously the people they meet, the championships. Um, and we always talk about when we, we get a chance to go on those international tours, those experiences. But I think when they can say those things, I think we've done our job and we've, we've the experience they've been able to have. And um, I think that's a credit to Drexel and our athletic department and our support we've been able to have over the years. Good. Should we make a plug real quick? It, three weeks, I believe, from today, from the day we're recording this, uh, home opener against Ryder, 6 p.m., right, at the DAC? That's right. November 10th. Uh, come pack the DAC. You know, we, we need everybody out there, and I think you're going to see lots of exciting things going on on game day. So uh, we would love for everybody to be part of that. Might have to figure out a way to get down there, too. Yeah, so at Penn State later in the season, too. That was really cool to see. So nice It's going to be a good so. one. And then so. I think the next day the guys play November 11th and um, they're going to honor last year's team at halftime that won the regular season title. So I'm excited for that team to be recognized at home, you know, so it'll be nice to see that as well at the, at the men's game the next night. So it'll, it'll be exciting 48 hours on campus. So let's tell people to sleep in the deck. <laughs> well, speaking of coach Mallon, thanks for joining us. And you know, you got a busy night going to the, the Phillies game tomorrow. So um, let you get out of here, but thank you very much for Great. taking so sleep. much I'm gonna time. I'm going to sleep in this tonight. <laughs> yeah i i gotta i'm driving to north carolina and running a marathon i'll have it on the radio so i'll be listening and I, i'll sleep in my philly stuff when i'm down there that's so, awesome good luck um, and i'll be back yeah so but Hannah and Nigel's it, doing the the philly one in a couple she'll weeks. be she'll probably smoke me i am too she'll be way ahead okay. of me but i'll, I'll wait for keep an eye out for you. <laughs> you might see her she calls me on yeah. her runs i'm like hannah how many miles she's like, i'm at 13 keep talking i'm like all right hannah it's a good so. distraction. It's always a podcast. So put it on, listen to this when, when you're out running and whatnot. So, yeah. well, I appreciate you guys. Seriously. Thanks. Thanks so much.